live from the home of Miss America, Mr. Peanut, and world-famous diving horse. It's time to reimagine, reinvest, and track the reinvention of Atlantic City. This is AC Primetime Radio with Mel Taylor. We are talking to Rick Santoro of the CRDA in the Special Improvement District. My name is Mel Taylor from AC Primetime Radio. And the CRDA, it's the Casino Reinvestment Development Authority. It's been around since 1984, and it's very rare for an organization like this. But its its main goal, its main objective, is to use Atlantic City Casino reinvestments as a catalyst for meaningful, positive improvement in the lives of New Jersey residents. Nearly $2 billion in more than 400 projects statewide since 1984. And if there was one thing that the average Joe in Atlantic City or Philadelphia or New York, when they hear about the CRDA. Unfortunately, some of those dollars, CRDA dollars, went elsewhere throughout the state. I kind of like when some of these dollars go towards regional things like the FAA Center. I think mm-hmm. that has a impact uh, on Atlantic City. I, even, I love being able to help the folks at Dick Clark Productions. What's the one thing that you, if you could wave your magic wand, Rick Santoro, what's the one miss understanding that the average Joe thinks about the CRDA? What's that one thing you hear often that you already know how to respond to respectfully? Um, That CRDA doesn't pay any taxes and doesn't add any value into the tourism district or the city. You know, CRDA invests millions and millions of dollars and a tremendous amount of human assets into ensuring that the district, again, is clean and safe and over above that is populated. Um, If it weren't for the investments that underwrite some of the bigger events, Atlantic City Air Show, uh, Miss America pageant, um, uh, different parades, the beach concerts that have taken place, this funding allows uh, events to happen and enables those customers to come here, enjoy enjoy the district, and spend their money. Um, So it's very hard and tangible you know, to put a measurement on what value that is, but you have to look at if it if it couldn't happen, if that money wasn't invested, would the air show come? Would the beach concerts take place? Would Miss America be here? Their job is to take those state mandated taxes and properly allocate them. Yes, that that's correct. We have a seventeen member board and then an executive leadership structure underneath the board. And the board is very opinionated in terms of balancing construction projects and built bricks and mortar. Things don't things. fly through, man. They battle it out on occasion. Yeah, often. Yeah. often. What am I saying? Heated, often. Heated yeah. uh, discussions that take place, right? rightfully so, because there's a lot of different stakeholders there, including the mayor of Atlantic City. So, uh, so including they, guys that represent the casinos, the yes, state. That's that's correct. And, um, you know, it's a uh, shrinking pool of money with, with uh, you know, devaluations and changes in luxury tax and et cetera, the, the money has to be spent in a way that produces a tangible result. The precursor, and very early on in CRDA's history, um, a lot of the investment went out of town and, and you know, bridges and, and halfway houses in Newark and, and Newark Performing Arts Center and different things that happened very far outside of the, of the jurisdiction. And the CRDA is still trying to climb out from that hole. Climb out from the, from at least, definitely the PR effect of that. And 2011, Governor Christie is the one that said, all right, enough of that monkey yeah, business. Yeah. No more. No more. And it really changed dramatically in 2011. Yeah, it, re- it really did. 
that name, that phrase, other media keep on, they keep calling it land banking. And, you know, that just sounds wrong. I kind of view it as land management, land preparation and packaging and put a bow on it and take it to market. Is that an official term, land banking? Because it doesn't really come off as a positive. Some people are using it in a derogatory way. Yeah. I don't know if, as far as being official or the origin. I can tell you this much. Just to put together one block for a possible development sometimes involves hundreds, hundreds of parcels by it may be a sliver of a CRDA lot. It may be a piece of a city lot. It may be 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 private owners. If that mechanism wasn't in place to, to package things for future development by, by acquiring the land and, and having it ready to go, development just can't happen. It's, it's such a cumbersome process. Sometimes you don't know who the owners are because they're LLCs or they're third, fourth parties. Yes, yes. And uh, we, see that. we see that frequently. So it, it takes a, a big lift to get certain sections uh, compiled. From there, once a developer can look at a clean slate, a clean section, a clean block. It takes a burden off them. It, it reduces their cost. It reduces their time to actually uh, evolve a, a location. And it, it speeds up their ability to get to move forward. Um, many times when CRDA uh, has compiled land and parcels, also we wind up owning the environmental uh, repairs that would also have to take place on the site before they're turned over. And that's another big advantage. This is AC Primetime Radio. We're talking to Rick Santoro, and we're, you know, you, you listen and you go, was this guy the maintenance guy, the landscaping guy, the dune guy, the cleanup guy? Well, yeah, he does some of that, sure. And that's really important because the growth of Atlantic City, it has to be safe, has to be clean. It's already fun. We already got that down pretty yeah, good, right? I think so. Your background in security, you got your security career started back in, I think, 1980, working with uh, Steve Wynn, the yeah. Golden Nugget. I can make the connection why what you do right now with keeping us, keeping Atlantic City clean, why that goes hand in hand with your skill of keeping Atlantic City safe. I, uh, I started in working in Atlantic City in 1980. I was a security officer on the construction site for Golden Nugget Atlantic City when it was being built. Um, in short order, the casino opened and then I was recruited to be uh, Steve Wynn's uh, bodyguard and driver. Um, and I lived right in his house on, on uh, Cornwall Avenue in Ventnor. And then after that, I moved to an apartment next door. I became a security supervisor and, and oversaw the investigations unit for Golden Nugget Atlantic City. Then when Wynn sold the casino, I was brought to Golden Nugget Las Vegas. I moved up. I became a director of security for Golden Nugget Las Vegas and the construction site at the Mirage. Worked there until uh, 1990. And then I came back to work in Atlantic City. For a short period of time, I was the chief investigator at resorts. And then I was hired for Trump, Trump Atlantic City. I'm looking at your background here. So you are a New Jersey licensed private investigator. You are a New Jersey Casino Control Commission key license holder. I'm not quite sure what that means, but I think right. it means more than just getting discounted yeah. meals in the front of the line to the buffet. Yeah. Uh, you worked out at the University of Las Vegas. And uh, you, I guess you taught soft target terrorism awareness. Wow. Yeah. And graduate of FBI Citizens Academy, federal secret clearance. And you are the member. You are a member of Department of Homeland Security for the commercial sector. I'm thinking that that qualifies you for, for a city like Atlantic City. Um, 
all those skills over the years are coming in handy right now, I would assume. Yeah, those skills, and I'm, I'm no longer a licensed private investigator. I, I gave that license up to, to uh, when I took my job at CRDA. But I, uh, and I can't be a casino vendor any longer because I work for CRDA, but I, I'm a certified protection professional and still uh, hold all my other security credentials. And originally I got this to the CRDA because when the mayor was in charge of the special improvement division, they hired me as, as a, uh, an expert to retool the ambassador program and redesign the ambassador program. So I was the architect that picked the uniforms, the uniform style, the bright green, bright green, the yeah. list of training that they went through. And we tried to morph the ambassador program into being, uh, in addition to being well-informed and good direction givers, to be uh, prepared to respond and react in critical incidents and emergencies. So I had been the client. Uh, CRDA was my client. They were my customer. And then when the mayor left, I was offered the position to replace the mayor to oversee the special improvement division. But I have I worked in 30 years as in the private sector security, and then I op own and operate my own security consulting company. You were keeping guys like Steve Wynn and Donald Trump safe. You were also spending quality time pretty close to guys like Frank Sinatra, Michael Jackson, Kenny Rogers, Diana Ross, Tiger Woods, Pavarotti. Yes. Are you allowed to share, I would assume you can't, any interesting stories of your security detail with some of these uh, high-level, A-level entertainers? I, I can share a little bit. I mean, it's just um, executive protection protocol that you really don't talk that's what it's much. called, executive protection. protection. Yeah, yeah. And I was the first Atlantic City armed, uh, private sector armed person. I was armed when I worked for Mr. Wynn, and then I oversaw Trump's executive protection and armed capacity. You were the first direct. of your kind in Atlantic City? Yes, yeah. There was no civilians that were authorized to carry firearms, uh, casino employees to carry firearms. I was the first one in 1980 to have that privilege. And I maintained that privilege all the way up to, you know, there was a gap when I was in Las Vegas, but all the way up until I left uh, the Trump organization. And um, it was a very low profile. We had a high degree of training, and, and I went to training to learn, learn about uh, anti-kidnapping, anti-terrorism, how the telephones and computers are swept for breaches, how to uh, protect someone's um, from identity theft, and to physically protect them. So, and then I was assigned over the years to many, many, of the uh, my um, employers, artists, entertainers, family, and special guests. So all of that, so all of, of that cool experience things. is coming in handy now, even though you're not Absolutely. necessarily licensed. Yeah, yeah, and I was, I was, I'm not licensed to carry a firearm, but I am. You, a, I was going to ask, ask you if you're packing heat today. No, absolutely not. Okay. Um, but I, but I have, I was also both the organization's liaison to local, county, state, and federal law enforcement. That was a, a position that I held, the responsibilities I had when I was an in-house uh, security executive. So I'm very comfortable and used to interacting with law enforcement on all different levels. So here in Atlantic City, it really became, um, it was a very good fit because our division and the mission of the CRDA um, is clean and safe. And we have a very direct connection to the Atlantic City Police Department in terms of how uh, we interact and what we do to, to uh, help improve the safety. AC Primetime Radio, my name is Mel Taylor, and we are so happy to have Rick Santoro of the CRDA. He's in charge of the Special Improvement District, security, safety, cleanliness, and brighter lights, brighter LED lights on the boardwalk and pan tilt zoom cameras that will be controlled centrally to keep an eye on things. The Atlantic City Police Department 
I believe, and I think other people have already agreed, that it could be the most pioneering, the most advanced police department with all the, uh, some pretty big dollars that CRDA funding from the casinos got directed to making Atlantic City a heck of a lot safer. Yeah, it's definitely in excess of $10 million in technology improvements for the police department. And starting from very basic fundamentals that are in law enforcement, the uh, uh, laptops and computers that are in the patrol cars uh, being linked to um, computerized dispatch, um, an asset allocation where the dispatchers and management can see the physical location of every um, terminal that's in use in the city at any given time. They, they, in addition to the regular dispatching, they, they can get the immediate notification from ShotSpotter. But the, um, the technology that's in the patrol cars that's linked to, will be linked to their command center that's funded by CRDA will be able to uh, allow the patrolman to see live video feeds that are pushed up from the camera system. <clears throat> and this really shaves off response time in the event there's any type of um, situation of criminal nature and the suspects may be moving or transitional, uh, that once the camera network is fed in, they're going to be able to push that right down to the patrol units where they actually can see vehicles, Let descriptions of people, and et cetera. And th the point is to make the jurisdiction as uh, um, employ all the target hardening layers to make this a, a very uncomfortable jurisdiction for the criminal element. I like the way operate. you said that. I'm not going to make it safer. You want to make it really uncomfortable. Make that right. criminal think twice right. before they do something nutty. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another way of uh, looking at it. But we're talking to Rick Santoro of the CRDA, Special Improvement District. Much more than a guy keeping our city clean and our dune grass at a proper level. Because, you know, Pinky Kravitz, I'm trying to... Um, Mr. Pinky Kravitz, he's been gone now for about a year, but he was a uh, kind of a lovable pain in the butt, but made sure that everybody knew what it was like to be on the boardwalk, and he kept everybody uh, on their toes, including the CRDA. And uh, it'd be great if he knew that sometime later on this summer, we should have, we should have all those security cameras going. I see the lights being installed up toward the Ventnor area, and um, those reconfiguring of the old pole lights along the boardwalk, they're much brighter. And those yeah. poles, the new poles, will not only have the security cameras that can look out over the dunes, go down the boardwalk, look that way and pan around and look down the streets, but it'll also have street signs. It'll also have the ability to, um, I guess, Wi-Fi, but it is, we are going to be the best digitally connected city uh, in regards to entertainment and marketing communications on the boardwalk and specifically um, for, uh, for safety. You know, a, a good... A well-thought-out jurisdiction really incorporates the private and public sector and all layers in between. And we're like a gap filler in between both the private and public sector because of the al allocation of the funds we put up, but also the way that we fit in and we're we're like a managed resource to give the law enforcement and other agencies extra informed eyes and ears. And it really works well. And, and this uh, police department really does an excellent job in policing the city. And um, we, our objective is really to project an image of safety. So 
groups of people, men and women, can come here, bachelor parties, bachelorette parties, people can come for concerts, let their hair down, feel safe to enjoy the amenities and not feel uncomfortable. Yeah, you mentioned it in a previous interview with uh, somebody else. You said the perception does not equal the statistics. Absolutely. And that is really unfortunate. And yeah. I think the only thing that we can do to, to fix that problem is either better marketing to the outside world or getting people down here to watch a beach concert, come to Miss America, and see for themselves. A absolutely. You know, you know the, um, the way that the FBI and the state police carry over the FBI gathering of statistics is really they use the population base and compare that to the amount of crimes that take place. And it's just an unfair calculation in terms when it's a tourism city. And, and this weekend, if there's you know maybe an extra 300,000 people in the city in the weekend between all the properties, it really pales in comparison to the you know 30,000 residents. So all the emergency services, the police department, the EMS services, the fire department, they're all tasked with you know helping uh, the support the demands that these extra tourists put on the district. So therefore, you, it's, a, it's an unfair measurement to really use the crime statistics compared to residents only because they're, they're, um, you have the tourist population and you have the population of employees and vendors that add other thousands of people. Overall, Atlantic City has one of the absolute lowest, lowest statistics for violent crime. What happens with uh, casino guests, as an example, is they may skew some crime rates, but typically the crimes that occur to a casino guest or a visitor are property crimes. The theft of a handbag or maybe the, That you know, stays a inside that building. In, inside that building, but it still counts as a crime. Okay. I don't and, think and the average person knew that because they have their own internal security, right? Yes. But then they, ha they, they go, here, here's the statistic you can add to the Atlantic City right. <laughs> bucket, they, right? They, have, they document their crimes on a uniform crime report that's the same form that the state police and FBI use. So that, that tends to skew the numbers. So, so let me just um, recap that one. So if there's a crime occurring, and usually it's petty crime, stealing something, yes. putting a hand in the bucket, whatever. Yeah. Um, so the crime happens inside of a casino, and their security force, they handle all that stuff. The ACPD can't. They t typically well, there, don't, there but was, they could. They could. Yeah, yeah more, they typically respond to more major crimes, crimes of violence, or things of a more emergent nature on the hotel side. On the casino floor itself, it's the Division of Gaming Enforcement. DGE. DGE that would... We come respond to something more uh, critical than just you know a, a, a stolen. But all purse. the casinos but take security. Incredible, it's a high priority. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and also there's also a a immediate uh, communication network that's set up between those. Even though they may be fierce competitors, when it comes to the safety of the guests and the tourists, there is a uh, network of communication that takes place between um, the properties themselves and also law enforcement that that comes in and out. That that's good. Sun, fun, news and info. From Atlantic City, this is AC Primetime Radio with Mel Taylor. Find us online at acprimetime.com.